0: went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. And after I am raised up, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered him, Though all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. thought it was a fitting passage to start with because we're here Remembering the death of Jesus. And we're also remembering that he died for my sin. For our sin. And a great reminder is when Peter's like, but I'm better than everybody else. Even if everybody else does something, I'm better. I'll do this. I'll be like you, Jesus. And we just know that that's not true from our own experience. We know that we have this tendency to be not better than we think we are, but a tendency to sin and to suffer. So we're here, we're wearing black. We're reflecting on, we're remembering, right? Be so easy to skip to Sunday. We all know it's coming. But I think you can't really understand I've found it to be true that I can't really understand the joy. The shout on Sunday won't be as glorious if I don't sit in my own sin, if I don't sit in the sacrifice that God made for us. So we've been studying more and more Jesus. We've been going after it. What This is the fourth message. I'm going to break it up into two parts We've been going after significant events in the life of Jesus and we're going to go after that again. But there's a phrase I've been telling you every week. Remember it? Because people matter. God reconciles. So, tonight, we add G, right? We'll get one more on Sunday, but This is the only gold thing you're going to see today. All right, i am put that down. I didn't spray paint it black because I uh, don't want to uh, have it black on Sunday. I want to have it gold. Two events that set the stage for my relationship with God. Two significant events that set the stage for your relationship with God. And for my relationship with God. Now. I'm going to read them. One and another. And we're going to reflect on. What they mean. To us. In our life. Okay. The first one. Gethsemane. People skip by Gethsemane. They skip by it. And they go to. The cross the hill to Golgotha but we have to see from scripture how important Gethsemane is so Matthew 26 I'm going to read it for you then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples sit here while I go over there and pray and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, he began to be sorrowful and be troubled. I want to stop right there. I do funerals often, and when I do funerals, I use John 14 often, um, almost every time. John 14:1 says, Why are you so troubled? Right? Why are you so troubled? Believe in God. Believe also in me. Don't be troubled. That's Jesus saying that. Telling his disciples. Don't be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now look what's happened. I just want you to see the significance of what he's saying here. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus The one who tells us all not to be troubled, not to be sorrowful, is troubled, distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. He thought he might die. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Mister, I won't deny you. Watch and pray, so that you may not enter into temptation. The Spirit is indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. In another passage it says, they were so sad, they couldn't stay awake. Their sorrow had made them They just wanted to block it out, so they went to sleep. I don't know if you've ever done that. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and he said, sleep and take your rest later on. See the hour, the cross is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. We'll stop right there. Here's what I want you to know about this passage. Gethsemane means, literally, the oil press. The oil press. That's where they would take... Olives, and they would squeeze it so much, right, that it would become liquid, a different form. They would press it, they would pressure it. What I need you to know about Gethsemane is the word temptation. Satan had been tempting Jesus ever since his baptism. Remember, he went 40 days in the wilderness. Satan tempting him, tempting him, tempting him. That wasn't the only time. That was a significant time. But I would say to you after studying this, this is the most significant time that Satan tempted Jesus. This, in the garden, don't miss it, is the first time Jesus and the Father didn't agree. Jesus said, let this cup pass from me. We'll get to the cup in a second. Nevertheless, not my will. He had a different will than the Father. Now I relate to that. I don't know if you relate to that, but I relate to that. I relate to having a different will than my Father. Jesus can relate to you in a human way. He had a different will than his Father. But here's how Jesus is different than me some days. Jesus chose to yield to the Father's will. And I choose to do my own will. That's the difference between me and Jesus. Jesus was perfect. He handled temptation perfectly. And if you could take something out of this section, Gethsemane, I would want you to take that temptation's coming. It's always coming. That's why we watch and pray. That's what he told the disciples to do. But then look at what he modeled for them to do. He modeled willingness to yield to the Father's will. So Gethsemane is a place, it's a place where sorrow becomes surrender, or submission. Sorrow becomes submission. He, he's like, I am sorrowful. He was bleeding. Drops of sweating, drops of blood. I don't know anybody that's been that sad before. But his sorrow became submission. As we look at our life, we're, we're sad. Sometimes we're just, you know, I know Buzz lost a dog this week. That's a big deal. If you've ever lost a dog, especially one that's meaningful to you, that'll make you sad. That'll give you some sorrow. We all have reason for sorrow. Can it become, in Jesus' name, submission to the Father's will? So let me get to the application here. Temptation is coming. We know it's coming this week, right? We know it is. So what do we do in temptation? Jesus told his disciples, watch and pray. So you know that. But then he modeled for them the other part, which is be willing to yield to God. Be willing to yield. Be willing to say, no, no, not my will. Here's what I want to do, God. Am I clear? I want to do this. But not my will. Your will be done. That will transform the way you walk on this earth. Right there. Right? Gethsemane. Now, let me end with this. Gethsemane is an interesting place. Because Jesus' Gethsemane came before his Golgotha, his crucifixion. But what I've found in my life is a lot of times I have to die and be crucified before I submit. Before my Gethsemane happens. It's like they go in reverse order because I'm a knucklehead. First got to be crucified. But Jesus, being fully man and fully God. He could do this first and then the other. So this is the order I'm preaching it in. Here's what I want you to do to close this point. We got to be ready to pray. I don't know what you're going to face in the next couple days before we come back on Sunday. I don't know what you're going to face in the next couple weeks. But I know Satan hates us, each one of us. And I know he would destroy and divide if he could. So God says, watch and pray. So I wonder if we could take a second and reflect on our own Gethsemane, right? on our own stubborn will, on our own sad reality, and if we could start to pray prayers of yielding, prayers of submission to God in our own life. Take a couple minutes. I'll give you a couple minutes and then we'll continue with the song. Let's just pray. Just you privately right where you're at. Take a couple minutes. So part one Gethsemane the pressing the temptation we've all felt it. Jesus felt it. He was sorrowful he was distressed and yet agreed with God. This is the plan to save the world. And so he died. But here's where he died. Golgotha. Golgotha. Let me read it for you from chapter 27. I'm going to read quite a chunk of scripture here. Stay focused. Listen. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and Washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourself. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. Let that sink in. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, that's like a whip with sharp objects on the end, bone and metal. It says he was beaten, bruised, beyond human form. He delivered him up to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus in the governor's headquarters, the praetorium, and they gathered the whole battalion, 600, before him, and they stripped him, humiliating. They put a scarlet robe on him, Blasphemy. <laughs> and they twisted together a crown of thorns. They put it on his head. And they put a reed, a stick in his hand like a scepter. They're mocking him. And they kneeled before him. They mocked him saying, hail king of the Jews. And they spit on him. And they took the reed, the stick that they had given him, and they struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him and stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him, they led him away to be crucified. And they went out and they found a man of Cyrene, Simon was his name, and they compelled him to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink, mixed with gall. And when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots, prophesied. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. Oh, pay attention. And over his head, they put the charge against him, which read... This is an epitaph. We'll talk about that later. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him wagging their heads, Psalm 27 is a great prophetic psalm for this, and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests and the scribes and the elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. He's throwing everything he said back in his face and Jesus is taking it for me, for you. And the robbers who were crucified with him, also reviled him, it's in another passage we're not going to read, in the same way. Everybody was yelling at Jesus. Everybody was mocking Jesus. Everybody was slandering Jesus. And everybody includes everybody in this room. Gotha, place of the skull. The word I want you to remember is death. Not just any death. And just be honest, Jesus wasn't sad in the garden because he knew he was going to die. He would told his disciples he was going to die. There was another reason. The cup that he had to drink was sin. Jesus never sinned. How does a sinless person react to sin? How does a holy person react to sin? With a lot of sorrow. It's disturbing. It's distasteful. It destroys them. Golgotha is the place where suffering displayed surrender. I want you to see that. I want you to see how this place, Golgotha, was the place of suffering. That Jesus said, hey, let me put it on display. This suffering, it's surrender. It's surrender to my Father's will. It's surrender to taking on your sin. It surrendered to swallowing it whole. So no one has to deal with it. I'll deal with it. Praise God. It continues now from the sixth hour, that's noon. There was darkness over the, all the land until the ninth hour, that's three o'clock. Now, if you study the scriptures, the ninth plague in the the Old Testament. So the Jews would know this. The ninth plague in the Old Testament. Three days of darkness. Three days. People were gnawing their own tongues. Right? People were yelling. It was unbearable. These guys. Came to three hours of utter darkness. Complete darkness, not a light shone. I want you to think about that for a second. How devastating would that darkness be? That's what brought Jesus' sorrow. The darkness of sin that would seemingly separate him from his father. I know it's uncomfortable, but I want to feel that if only for not three days or three hours. How about three minutes? So I'm going to ask these guys to shut off the lights. It will be uncomfortable, but in silence, just let it sink in. Feel the weight of your own sin. Feel the weight of that being placed on Jesus Christ. All right, let's try it out. To break the darkness. Jesus. He raised his voice. A loud voice. That's hard to do on a cross. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, Which means my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? a lot of debate about this did God really forsake his son and it goes to God's character goes to what you think of God there's a battle for this statement I'll just say this Jesus felt a separation because of our sin which is why he was sorrowful in the garden He felt separated from God. But this statement here, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, is from Psalm 22. And so he's quoting Psalm 22, knowing full well what the rest of the psalm says. And it says in there several times that he trusts God and that he knew God had him. And then the very end of the psalm it's like it's finished. So even though Jesus felt separated I find it hard to believe that a loving father God our father knowing that Jesus never sinned and would never sin would turn his face away. I find that hard to believe in the character of God. I Believe it is personal that God had his eye on his son the whole time. But Jesus, because of our sin, felt separated from a loving father. Just like we feel separated when we sin, even though God is loving us. And some of the bystanders hearing it said, He's calling Elijah. And one of them ran to get a sponge, filled it with wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see if Elijah will come and save him. It's quite a drama. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and he yielded up his spirit. We know that he said it is finished from other passages. But I think the thing that's really interesting is the loud voice. I don't know if you've ever seen death or been close to it, but people don't have loud voices when they're near death. I want you to think about the strength of our Lord and Savior and the desire he had at the place of the skull, the place of death, to be with you, to suffer and to display surrender so that we could follow him. And behold, the curtain in the temple was torn in two, and at the top to bottom, and earth shook, and the rocks were split, and the tombs were also opened. We'll off the preach on that someday. That's cool. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, they died, were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection... They went into the holy city, Jerusalem, and appeared to many. Again, I will bring that out one day. That's good. When the centurion and those who were with him, the whole battalion maybe? I don't know. Keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place. They were filled with awe, reverence, fear, and said, another epitaph, truly this was the Son of God. That's the response of an unbeliever who drove nails through the hands and feet of our God. The response to his death, the way he suffered displayed something to ungodly people. It's, it displayed surrender to his father and a love for us that is unmatched. So, here's how I want to end. Epitaph. I'm going to put it up on the screen. A commemorative inscription, a brief poem or other writing in praise of a deceased person. Now, I know we know the rest of the story with Jesus, but if you could just stop the story there for a second in your mind. Don't let all the other things that come to mind get in. Stop right there. He's dead. They're taking him off the tree. They're putting him in a tomb. What would you write on the tomb? What would the epitaph you would bring, what would it say? I want you to get that in your head. Start thinking about that. An epitaph. There's some examples of them. What would you say about Jesus? So I'm going to give you several things that people said about Jesus, their final words about Jesus. Pilate said, "I I am innocent of this man's blood. That's what Pilate said. That's what he would write. The people said, his blood will be on us and on our children. That's careless. Jesus said, well, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or, it is finished. That's what I like to think he said. The sign above Jesus' head said, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. How true. (laughs) And he's coming back. The centurion, like I just said and read, truly this man was the Son of God. So I'm going to encourage you to come in just a second and to write down an epitaph. Stopping here. Jesus is dead. Of what you know of Jesus' life. And what you would write on his tomb. And I want you to take it home with you. So there's white pieces of paper down here. Uh, In a second, we'll play some music. You can do the moving. I want you to take it home with you, whatever you wrote down. I also want you to pick up communion. Can you remember all this? And I want you to, whatever you wrote down, I want you to just read it into the microphone. Let that be your declaration. And then go sit down. We'll take communion together in a second. We'll sing a song and take communion. So I want you to come up when you're ready. We'll be playing music. I want you to write down an epitaph, a, a poem, a saying of a deceased person. Jesus is dead. That's what we're here. That's what we're remembering, his death. And I want you to write what comes to mind this side of Sunday. Grab some communion, read it into the microphone, and then go sit down. We're going to sing a song and we'll end with communion. I'm going to read a couple more for you. Just, You can play the music as we, as we go so you get the idea of what you're saying. This is interesting. What a great teacher. Why did he have to die? It's a confusion epitaph think James would have wrote that <laughs> that didn't go as planned that's an epitaph of doubt I think Thomas would have wrote that he treated me well even though I treated him poorly regret it's Peter Jesus healed me and helped me. He always helped everyone. It's an epitaph of grief. Mary Magdalene. And this one. He loved me so much. It's written with sadness. John. Hopefully these will be some good examples, but I want you to feel in your heart. It took me a long time to write those five. I want you to feel in your heart what you would say to Jesus, what you would write as an inscription this side of Sunday. All right, grab communion, speak it into the microphone if you want to you can grab a second one and you can bring it back with more colorful for Sunday.
1: My Lord and my God.
0: I know your sin. My perfect
1: father, holy, loving, always present. He deserved better. I deserved worse. He was innocent. I'm not. Perfection destroyed. Hope gone. He loved us perfectly and completely.
0: Lord, my Savior,
1: my hope, humble, forgiving, and loving. Jesus, our spiritual healer and strength. His love was my
0: strength. Honor and glory to the one who gave his life for mine. The sacrificial lamb, healer of the sick, lover and friend of many.
1: Jesus, friend to all, sacrificed everything for us to give us life. You deserve so much more from us. Wasn't he supposed to be our king? He was broken, now tears flow. Beautiful Savior. Even when I gave up, you was always there.
0: He gave this hopeless man hope. He accepted this outcast. He forgave this sinner. Where do we turn now? He died that I might live.
1: Thank you, my Jesus, for loving me and for listening to me. Jesus, the peaceful, powerful, and perfect leader. We didn't deserve him.
0: Jesus. Jesus, I'll be back.
1: More power and love than any could comprehend. Most powerful teacher.
0: You persevered, loved, and sacrificed where we could not. What should I do now? Where do I go now?
1: A humble servant, a savior, worthy of it all. It should have been me.
0: Words just don't cover this. What can I really say?
1: Mm -hmm. Love unconditionally. He healed what he didn't break.
0: We can continue. Uh, Make sure you have your communion with you. Feel free to speak into the mics.
1: the most unjust death.
0: service will be over in a couple minutes, but before it is, we're going to remember his death by taking communion together, so get it in your hands. Communion is a tradition that we remember the body and the blood of Jesus poured out for our sin for yours and mine. So precious. Our service doesn't end in a neat little bow or change in mood or now I feel better moment. Instead, I want to ask you to leave in silence all the way to your car reflecting on the fact that Jesus died for you because of your sin. Sunday's coming but for Friday says in Matthew 26, 26, now they were eating and Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. gave thanks, and then he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, the new covenant, not the old covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's do remember. so